1: Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here, guess what, everybody, with Patricia Kirkman, PK, who is feeling better, and she is joining us tonight for a little while to share the numbers, and then she's going to go rest again, because this is quite a recovery you're involved in, PK, huh?
2: Unfortunately, yes. I Figured out I'm going to have to As my kids say Get wrapped in bubble wrap that's oh. the, I'm going to survive <laughs> these things Crazy stuff My goodness oh,
1: Gosh, so well, good to be everybody, back,
2: Especially with the guests we have tonight What a oh doll he is
1: A dear friend of ours For so long Is with us tonight Robert Luca is here tonight We're going to bring him on in mm-hmm. a few minutes And we're going to get caught up With everything that's going on you know, this is such a big issue, this harassment of UFO abductees by our very own government, and we're going to hear more about that and other things tonight. But first, let's check in with you with the numbers. What is happening?
2: Well, we're we're in a two-personal month, which means everybody's ultra-sensitive, and they're feeling everything, and they don't want to be left out of the loop, and yet they're afraid to step in for fear something's going to happen. Emotions are going to be very key to everything. And you're going find there's the tendency to say many things of overly sensitive nature that are going to set people up. Their hair goes up the back of their neck because they figure something else is coming. Well, there is, but it's not coming immediately. So people are fearful of what they say or what not to say. And today's an eight-day, so they want to be in charge so they don't like it if they can't be in charge. So we're we, kind of tug of war here. But mm-hmm. I've got had some people call and ask me a couple of questions about with this pandemic ongoing and what we see coming up. Well, my crystal ball only says certain things. This, these answers I don't get. But the main thing to take a look at is this month we are all ultra sensitive, and we're going to be told lies. Some not untruths to the nth degree. Next month, there's going to be a lot of communications going on, a lot of creativity, but it has a luck factor to it. So getting through this time, next month gives us hope. And I hate to say this, but when we started talking about 2020, we said at the beginning that this would be a difficult year because it dealt with details of things. It would deal with health and that it has without doubt. But October is going to open the doors. There's going to be some major changes. So just hang on by your fingernails if you have to. It's going to get better. But we're going to have this up and down for the next couple of months. So don't trust everything you hear this month. There will be some gossip going on next month, but it will be helpful in the end. The following month, details and health issues can be put in order. In the following month, major changes, and things will start looking up. So I just thought that might help. that's good.
1: That's good, because I know you and I had discussed earlier that it also, there's a feeling of unease. Now, certainly, we have a different world we're facing today. But, yeah, there's this feeling like something's coming, and we just don't know what it is. Now, when Captain Kramer was on, he did talk about there were, I think he said four or five different stages because they run the statistical Mm -hmm. analysis on the future and what's coming. And he he said the next stage would be all of this uproar around Iran, China, United States, Russia. And Mm -hmm. certainly look at what's going on in Iran right now. They're having all kinds of places hit, and yet they're not really talking about it. Some people are saying it's because these sites that are being hit aren't supposed to exist. So here we have all this turmoil. We have Egypt and Libya gearing up. So it's exactly what Kevin exactly. Kramer said. You know, was coming. But the thing that is really interesting that he said, as you recall, um, it it it's just amazing, is that the next stage after that would be an alien presence. So, my God, he's been right about everything so far, and this would be. Shocking beyond belief. So we're we're all going to have to fasten our seatbelts, I think, for what comes next. But you're well, so right about everybody feeling overly sensitive, too.
2: Yeah. Well, that, as they are right now, but next month there's going to be communications coming of some sort that's going to be different, and it's going to open some doors. Then there's going to be the panic afterwards because as much as people want to know, they're afraid to know.
1: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be
2: a very strange – the next three months are going to be very, very different and difficult mm-hmm. And unless some of the powers that be get their heads placed out of the you know whats this and get some <laughs> things taken care of for us because uh, people are scared and they're doing stupid things. And then we've got that one small segment, segment that's arrogant as can be and they think they're invincible. Hey, folks, we've got to play it close to the vest. It's like a card game you have to play what you get but don't overplay your hand we might get hurt
1: yeah and with all of the uproar about masks and i've talked to people all over the country that are very disturbed by the fact that people won't take that extra precaution and i know it certainly i mean we're finding out when they don't that it makes a big risk for everybody so it doesn't make sense to take that kind of a risk. I know there's a lot of controversy about does the mask help. Well, if it even helps the smallest amount, why not use it?
2: Exactly. So. It beats it what we've got right now, which is nothing for, for yeah. all intents and purposes. the only thing we have. And I think it should be mandatory because that way there's no he said, she said, whatever. If it's mandatory, then there's no fight in the stores about you don't have a mask God, you need to get what It's silly. People are acting like children. Yes. Scared
3: children.
1: That's the scary part. Yes. I even heard the most absurd story the other day about a person in a grocery store, and this happened a couple of months ago, where somebody was not wearing a mask and they were coughing. And so a man Mm -hmm. walked up to that man and started coughing in his face, and they started having a a coughing, uh, basically a coughing fight. It was how how silly
2: how stupid you know i mean
1: we're, we're it, not two years old anymore let's grow up people so
2: no and unfortunately <laughs> too many of them aren't growing up that's the problem yeah this the, yeah. i think the hardest part for us is the fact it's the unknown but if you take a look at all the things on the table right now between the things that are ongoing universally government wise the uh things that are coming out about everything from pedophilia to, uh, oh, God, you name it, we've got it out there. And, hey, folks, let's take a look. and Let's take one thing at a time. Right now, let's get a group and let's get this health thing under control. Well, we've got a chance to take care of it. Well, around too late, then what are we going to do?
1: That's right. That's right. It would be too little too late So I know a lot of people here in New England They get it, they're wearing their masks I go into a place of business And everybody's wearing a mask And it does yeah. uh, give me a, a source of comfort there So, But yet I hear about other places Where that's not happening And it, no. it does create A different thing They're talking about shutting
2: things down again California of course Is, is starting, to, starting to settle things down again And you know It doesn't take anything to put a mask on for God's sakes. Do it. If it works, we're safe. If it doesn't work, what have we lost? Yeah. You're right.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Right
2: now, I don't like the end result. I mean, you know, hey, it's my kids and my children's future that we're playing with. Just think of it in terms of that. It isn't just about us. It's about our neighbors. It's about the elderly. Right now, they're talking about They're saying bringing in refrigerated cars into uh, trucks into Arizona because of what's going on here.
1: Yeah. Well, come on. Victims of bodies to deal with. I know. And uh, yes, I know. It's very concerning. So we all need to do what makes some sense and see if we can beat this thing sooner rather than later. I
2: I think we can if we all do what our fair share is. That's looking at taking care of one another. Yes. It's a exactly. chance
1: we've got. Exactly. Wow. My yeah. goodness. Well, that's our rant for tonight, everybody.
2: <laughs> I promise. And now, I,
1: next time I'll be better. <laughs> I've got some
2: good stuff coming up next month.
1: Woo-hoo. Oh, boy. Yeah, it sounds like a, quite a roller coaster ride. So we have got a lot of exciting things that are going to be happening, and we'll have to see what's next. But right now we have a terrific guest, and Oh, Bob Lugo, he he's Luca. wonderful. My God, he's the best. He's the best, and he knows the subject inside sure. now personally. Yes, and he's but going talk to talk about a- having been there and done that. <laughs> you <Yes>. can believe <it. laughs> That's right. <laughs> he is a witness and an abductee himself, and he's had multiple experiences with being tracked, followed, and harassed for over thirty years. The most startling event was the hacking of Bob's computer by the Department of Defense, which the DOD admitted they had done. Now, mm-hmm. Bob's wife, Betty, mm-hmm. is known worldwide for her highly detailed alien abduction account reported in the New York Times bestseller, The Andreasen Affair, and a follow-up book, A Lifting of the Veil, written by both Betty and Bob. Now many also I want to mention this, many of Betty's predictions given to her by the ETs have come true and I know we're going to get into that true, tonight. True. See what else which is, is coming great. up. Yeah. So now gotta ask the audience if you were harassed like this by your own government, what would you do? Now if you have any questions for Bob as we go on with the show, then you can give us a call at five six three nine 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 three five three nine. Again, that's five six three. Nine 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 three five three nine. So, Bob, welcome to the show.
3: Oh, thank you much. It's it's always a pleasure to be with you two ladies. Appreciate it.
1: <laughs> oh, we appreciate you. Yes, we really do. Well, thank do. you. We do. You've now, I don't about- want I
3: don't want to I don't want to scare anybody right off the bat, but I'm not wearing my mask right now.
1: Okay, no problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you
2: breathing into the mic? Will it but we're so, the mic? But we're doing
1: our social distancing. We're, we're like 1,000 miles apart. So. <laughs> well, that's true. We can take care of that. Part. Exactly, exactly. Gosh. So, Well, I wanted to give everybody a little bit of background about what happened, how this all got started before we go into uh, your account. Bob, of your experiences. So this all began for Betty on January twenty fifth, 1967, in South Ashburnham, Mass. Now, feel free to correct me, Bob, if I have anything incorrect. But Betty was mm-hmm. in the kitchen with while well, her seven children, her mom and dad, were in the living room. At approximately 6.30 p.m., the lights in the house blinked and a red-colored beam shone through the kitchen window. Now, Betty's father was the first one to see five strange beings coming toward the house. It was like they were hopping. This was the beginning of one of the most celebrated cases in UFO history. Now, Betty's case was investigated over a 12-month period and involved a physicist, electronics engineer, aerospace engineer, telecommunications specialist, hypnotist, a UFO investigator, and a psychiatrist. Betty was given a character reference check two lie detector tests, a psychiatric review, and 14 sessions of regressive hypnosis. And the results were reported in a 528-page publication stating that Betty was sane and sincerely believed all the details given in her statements. Now, many more unusual experiences were to follow, both UFO and paranormal, and when the alien abduction experiences became public, both Betty and her husband Bob, who's with us tonight, were shadowed relentlessly by government agents. Now, The Andreasen Affair, written by Raymond Fowler, became a bestseller in 1979, and Fowler continued documenting Betty's experiences as well as Your experiences, too, Bob, and he penned four more books, including The Andreas and Affair Phase 2, The Andreas and Legacy, The Watchers, and The Watchers 2. So you also have your own book that you did most recently in the last couple of years, A Lifting of the Veil. So all of these books are still available on Amazon.com. So, Bob, what an unusual life you have led. (laughs) My goodness. Did you ever think yeah. that you would be uh, the focus of so much interest by the alphabet agencies?
3: Oh, absolutely. The uh, the first thing, that 500-page report was just on the Andreasen affair. Um, the experiences continued after that, and actually, under hypnosis, they found out that Betty's first experience um, happened when she was seven years old. She had experiences at 7 and 12 also, and my own first experience happened when I was 5 years old. So apparently, um, we've been watched for some time, and interestingly enough, uh, my own mother remembers having an experience of seeing a craft and lost time, However, she, till the day she passed away, she would not undergo hypnosis. She was afraid of it, and she just really didn't want anything to do with it. But it seems to follow family lines, because there have been experiences of our children uh, since, but they don't want that made public.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. I understand that. It's uh some of our guests have said there's not a big upside to publicizing any of this. Well, and you found you become, that out. <laughs> first
3: you, be, you, you, you become an outsider. Uh, you know, some people look at you and think you're nuts. And in the beginning, it was a little difficult. But now, you know, if I see people like that, skeptics, I say, well, they're they're just unfortunately, ignorant of the facts of what's really going on in this world, in the world about them. And, if if, you know, this is not my problem. I used to think, well, I felt bad about it. No more. I I feel bad for the people that really have no clue what's happening around them.
1: That's a great attitude.
3: Probably just made a bunch of enemies.
1: (laughs) Well, Well, (laughs) probably not so much anymore.
0: Everyone
2: is finally starting to open up, Bob. I think that's the most important gift you've been able to give people. You'll bet you've opened our eyes.
3: Well, you know, the way we both look at it is, hey, it happened. If some people can't handle it, that's their problem. But it is coming, and the time is coming when these strangers, aliens, whatever you want to call them, are going to be here in numbers And it's probably not that far off. Um, I expect to see some interesting things before, slightly before the next presidential election. Um, I have a feeling some things are going to be coming out then. President Trump, whether you like him, love him, hate him, whatever, um, he's been hinting around, uh, like he's recently said on the news. He's heard some very interesting things about Roswell. Well, Roswell <clears throat> has been beat to death, but the fact is, it happened. People in the know, in the in the upper levels of the military and intelligence services, all know that was real. Well, there's no doubt about it, and uh, it, it's too bad that we're still stuck, you know, kind of back there when so much more has happened uh, more recently. And people just need to open their minds, look at what's really going on, and, you know, <laughs> top the BS. It's, there's a lot of hardworking investigators out there in the UFO phenomena, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people passing around a lot of BS and disinformation as well. So I, I like to look at facts. Um, and you can look at, well, recently, the Navy, the United States Navy, has patented, essentially, a UFO. It goes underwater, it goes in the air, and it can fly in space. And it basically has a free energy electrical system and an anti-gravity uh, capability. Now, I'm sure there's people listen that are going to say, oh, baloney and things like that. So let me make this clear. You can check it on the United States Patent Office. The patent is US 10144532B2. And the date of the patent was December 4th, 2018. Anybody that wants to take the time can go check it for themselves. Also, if you look back at um, people that were involved in the Skunk Works, uh, Ben Rich used to be the CEO of Skunk Works. He made some real uh, interesting statements before he passed away. He said, and I quote, there are two kinds of UFOs out there. He said the ones we build and the ones they build. And he also stated that we have the technology to take E.T. home. He said, almost anything you can imagine, we can do. But he said, this technology is so tied up in black projects that it would take an act of God to get it out to the public, to benefit the public. Now, I have seen a little bit of this on a very small scale. And I've mentioned this before. I used to work for a hydrogen fuel cell company in Florida. I was a research technician. The company had developed a type of fuel cell that you could use in your home. It had, it made heat, hot water, electricity, and made zero pollution. Now the company called Energy Partners was ready to uh, uh, buy a factory and go into manufacturing this device. Well, what would happen if they did? You would not need to buy oil for your furnace. You could disconnect from the power lines. So that apparently bothered some people. And I'll tell you what happened. We all went into work one day, and there was a big sign on the door, and it said, go to the Ramada Inn, a certain conference room. And everybody is happy that, wow, we we must be going into production. We're going to start selling these. Well, we got there, and we were met by attorneys from ExxonMobil. And guess what? They bought the place up. That was in 2002, and I haven't seen those things anywhere in the U.S. Uh, Plain and simple, at least in my opinion, they wanted to kill the technology because they want to keep selling oil of course and they don't want you to disconnect from the power lines because the people that be the people that really run the world are the people that have all this money and control mm-hmm. over the rest of us
0: right. so
3: that's just a, that's just a very small scale so when you look when I look and say well I know what some of the UFO technology is, and I know darn well why they don't want it out, because the people that are going to suffer are the elite, the ones that presently control the world's finances. I believe like there's something like 150 companies that control 80% of the world's money. So they don't want to lose that. You know? And people need to wake up and realize what the heck is going on. We are basically well, we're, we're stuck. You have to buy gasoline for your car from them. You you have to, you know, buy electricity for your house, and by God, you have to go to Big Pharma, if, or most people think you have to go to Big Pharma if you have a medical problem. Because right. these three things are going down the tubes if alien technology is ever released. And I hope it's before too long, to be honest with you. The world needs to be changed, and we need to stop. Also, because of these... These three major companies, we have polluted the living daylights out of everything, our ground, our water, our ocean, our air. This has got to stop. Plain and simple, it's got to stop. And still, people don't see it as related to the UFO phenomena, but it is, because the technology available could put an end to almost all of this.
1: You're so right. And, you know, it makes me think, too, about solar. like. For example, when we went to get solar here, because we were getting gouged. I mean, I was getting lectured to by, you know, why are you using so much electricity in this house? It's like, believe me, it's not me. They're raising the rates monthly is what's happening. Look at the bill. And so when we got solar, the thing is, we still had to go through the electric company. So it's Exactly. You, know, you still have to have a partnership with them. You still have to play by their rules. Unless you go completely off the grid, which is really tough. They don't make it easy to do that. So you're right. You know, they've got us so tied in to the system. It's really hard to get out of it.
2: You know, one what, of what right. the things that-, that they're talking about with, with everything being shut down, look at how the sea animals and things of this nature are all coming back, re- rejuvenating because we're no longer polluting with the products that they're trying to shove down our throats.
1: Yes, and they, they said that the waters were clearing up in Venice and other places around the world because we weren't out there crabbing them up like the always are. So, yes, it made right. a huge difference, PK. You're right.
3: Also, there's an area in the Sargasso Sea where I believe the amount of trash in there is almost the size of Texas. Ugh. Why are we doing that to a place where we live. We're killing our environment, and people aren't realizing. When the environment goes or the oxygen leaves the air, guess what? We're going too. We're not going to be here. That's right. And that's that's irritating I'm not ready to move to another planet yet
1: (laughs) Although it might be interesting (laughs) (laughs) But yes, you're bringing up such incredibly important points And at the same time You're also sharing with us The fact that these uh, dark ops uh, They have the technology And they're keeping it all underground They're keeping it all for themselves Mm -hmm. And they're weaponizing Using it to weaponize, I'm sure, most of it but it's it's not in our hands. We're not the ones benefiting from any of it.
0: No,
4: that's true.
1: That's true.
0: You know,
3: one thing that I found interesting in, in talking to many other abductees is the fact that a lot of them, like myself, all of a sudden realize we have an environment and we need to take care of it. A lot of people that have genuinely been abducted, uh, I, show, I start immediately showing a much greater interest in what's going on around us because I think the beings have made us aware uh, of what we're doing and how we are destroying this planet. And I think we, most people know, uh, at least there seems to be ample evidence, that they will not let us have a nuclear war. Um, if you look at some of the other folks that have been in the military that have come forward uh ufo's have hovered over our nuclear bases and they have disabled many of our nuclear missiles not only us they've done the same to russia and china they won't let us do this and uh, like you know that. i'm real glad to see that but on the other hand i don't think they can interfere directly in what they're doing you know just come down and pop out the uh, the controllers, let's say. Uh, I don't think they're allowed to do that. But it would be nice if somebody could do it.
1: Oh, gosh, yes. Well, It would be nice, again, if we could have... The, the government's not going to release any of this technology, but the aliens can, uh-huh. and the ETs can. So this would well, be interesting you know, if, if Captain Kramer's uh, statistical analysis comes to be true and that they do form a presence here.
3: Oh, well, i'm sure they're going to um that's my own personal opinion though i mean but anyway i'm sure they're going I, to i agree
1: with you i think uh, they will
3: the there was something oh gosh something else i want to mention and it's just hmm, senior it moment out. i guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do a lot of those by uh, <laughs> oh i know i want to i
3: want i wanted to get into this a little bit with president trump because a lot of people let see the late night uh, hosts, newspaper cartoonists, comedy writers. They all are making jokes about President Trump and the uh, space program. Okay, Trump assigned $738 billion uh, spending bill, and he created the Space Force. It's going to be the sixth branch of the U.S. services. And the first Mm -hmm. new military service since the Air Force was created in uh, 1947, Mm -hmm. okay? Yes. But Uh 16,000 Air Force active duty and civilian personnel have already been assigned to the Space Force. The Space Force will fall within the Department of the Air Force, but after one year, they'll have their own representation on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Okay, so it'll be its own individual uh, department. But here's what people missed. They didn't listen to the words. The new service branch essentially repackages and elevates existing military missions in space from the Air Force, Army, and Navy. That's the part Mm -hmm. that people missed. This has been going on. We have a Space Force already. And it has been in effect for some time. Now, when I say some time, and if somebody wants to kind of do a little research on it, you can go back to Gary uh, McKinnon, okay? He was a Mm -hmm. Scottish system administrator and a hacker. In 2002, he was accused of perpetrating the biggest military computer hack of all time he he states that he was merely looking for evidence of like free energy suppression and uh UFO information that might be useful to the public okay well the us we uh they tried to extradite him and they wanted to put him in jail for 70 years oh, my what's god. interesting yeah what's interesting well first of all thank god the uk did not let us extradite him Okay, so that's yeah. good. The guy's safe. But here's the thing. While he was doing this, he found a list. In, this is in the Navy. A list of non-terrestrial officers and ships. And these names could not be found in any list of naval ships because they are not Earth-based. They are in space. We have had this program going on for some time what trump has done he's just putting it all together in other words combining what has been done by the air force army navy so forth and it's going to be its own new department so the people that are mm-hmm. laughing at this really are just showing their ignorance i mean it is it has been and trump is just saying hey okay we're making a new department and uh, and the mil- a new part of the military and that's going to be it so I don't see why people are, are, you know, think it's so funny. It's not. It's reality. It and is. anybody and that, so, yeah, if yeah, anybody any, that takes the time – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, it's exactly what – I was just going to say what you're going to say. Anybody that takes the time to look at it knows that it's reality-based. And he's also bringing this more into the forefront so people can see what's happening because as you and I and, and PK we all know this. a lot of these things have been deeply buried or ignored or both and so we haven't been paying attention to what's going on this is allowing yeah. us an opportunity to at least see something about what's going on
3: well there's another thing that I think you all will be happy to hear because again people didn't listen to the words uh, when President Trump spoke he said space is the newest, the world's newest warfighting domain. Well, that had to happen because obviously our enemies are getting up there. So that, that, that's a given. But what he said that I liked. he said American superiority in space is absolutely vital. He said we are leading now, but we're not leading by enough. And this is the part I like. He says, bear, but very shortly we will be leading by a lot. So he knows more, obviously, than what he's telling the the public. And I think he is working hard to make sure the U.S. stays in a big position of superiority. And, you know, a lot of people don't like war and, you know, war is stupid, let's face it. But if this country lets its guard down with the number of enemies we have – both foreign and domestic, i won 't mention any parties domestically, but anyway, <laughs>
4: if we set our guard
3: down, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. I mean, there are people that would love to see this country turn a socialist communist and definitely,
2: unfortunately,
3: it, yeah, and if they had a shot to do it, they would so you know, I think, like I say trump is he's a little coarse, he says what he thinks. A lot of people don't like him because of that, but he is uh, going to push us to the forefront. And I hope, I can only hope that in the next election in November, that people aren't foolish enough to elect Mr. Biden. Because quite frankly, nothing against the man, but if you look at his own speeches I don't think the man is qualified. I think he does have some problems with dementia or something like that. And he does. I I, I just do Yeah, I just don't don't think mm-hmm. it uh, would be right to put him in that position. So we'll if all they have put to just, in
2: bed, Bob, I I think it's simply so that they can put somebody else in his place that they can't run yeah. right
3: now. Well, they could put in the vice president they want, and then say that he was unfit exactly. to serve. You know, a year or two down the road. Uh, and it's too bad. He's, I don't he's think probably they'll wait that long. Yeah. <laughs> you mean right after the inauguration?
1: Yeah, just push him <laughs> right out might away. be lucky to leave the stage. Let's put it that
3: way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite it, possible.
2: It, it, it is. Well, again, yeah. you
1: know, it, I will say that we've had uh, some people on the show most recently, and one of them is your friend P.K. the astrologer, who said Trump is going to get in again. That's just the way it is, and Pelosi will be gone, Trump will be in. There's going to be major changes in our technology that is going going to be like the Jetsons, he said, by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And, P.K., that goes right along with what you said at the beginning of the show, too, that we are going to finally have some access to some of these uh, supersonic things that we have never been able to use before, never even known about before. So that could be a very exciting time. For all of us, if these things start to get introduced to our culture and society, it will be a big change.
3: Well, I I think they are going to be. Um, I know that the, the so called elite, the controllers, are going to fight it as much as they can, but I think that so much has come out, and there are people now willing to come forward and talk. I think they're not going to be able to prevent this from coming out. I really feel, and you know, it's my own opinion. I don't want people to think I'm speaking from authority or whatnot. just my own opinion. But from what I've seen, from the people I've talked to, from other abductees and so forth and so-called insiders, it really looks like it's going to finally happen, whether the elite like it or not. And Uh I think that will be a great thing for everybody. I think it will be great when people in, in third world countries can, can be able to get clean water, for instance, and have power for their homes exactly. and things like that. Uh, we need to work on that. And, and uh, there's so many people trying to get into the U.S. illegally, if they have these conveniences at home and they are able to live a more comfortable life and all, that will take a, a good part of the stress off of the, the problem mm-hmm. of uh, illegals. Uh it's just, Definitely. we need it. And it's it, the fact that it's being held back is just so irritating. You know, sometimes I think about it, I like to scream, but uh, what are you going to do? That's the way it is for right now.
1: Well, you and Betty have seen some of this technology firsthand because you've been aboard the ship. And your beautiful wife also <laughs> is a talented artist who is able to recreate in her paintings and her drawings the ship, the being's, the technology and I do think that's one of the reasons why everybody was in the government and the shadow government was so interested. Both of you.
3: Oh yeah, the um, one of one of the houses, places that we owned uh we were on a trip to California and they broke in while we were gone. Now all they took was three drawings that Betty had uh penciled in on the interior of the craft now there was in the home there was some jewelry there were some firearms some uh, computers nothing was taken nothing was touched except those three uh, drawings Mm -hmm. and the interesting thing was because at the time we lived in a very uh, rural area uh, Mm -hmm. I had to call the state police because they destroyed the door, the door getting into the place. They had uh, double deadbolt locks and they just peeled the door back. So uh, I contacted the state police and an officer came up and I told them, I said, I was honest with them. I said, look, I said, we're heavily involved in the UFO phenomena. I said, I really think that this is something that was done by government or some agency. And the guy was really nice he says well look he says we'll do an investigation he says if I can find anything out he said I will tell you so that made me feel pretty good yeah. well about a week late yeah for shortly for uh, <laughs> about a week later I went down to his office and it was another cop there another state trooper so I said where's officer so-and-so said, oh he's been transferred I said well where's he transferred to Oh, I don't know. He says, I don't have that information. So I never got a hold of the officer again. Strangely enough, people would disappear like that. Um, There's -hmm. another instance I'd like to mention. You know we had endless numbers of black unmarked helicopters, Huey UH UH-1s and uh, Sikorsky Blackhawks over our home. You saw them at your home. I did. Right. Well... I had contacted the military, the FAA, the CIA, the FBI, anyways, everybody trying to find out who the heck owned these things. And I was uh, flying myself at the time. So when they went over, I took notes. I got the approximate altitude, the compass heading, the time of day, and all that. And I sent them to the Federal Aviation Administration uh, General Aviation District Office in Boston because we were under their jurisdiction. Well, one fellow there, told, when I described him, he said, that sounds like a CIA operation to me.
4: Oh, and I said,
3: oh, okay. And now I had sent them pictures. Uh, you know, and you could see in the pictures, these helicopters are just all flat black. There's not a mark or number on them, which is illegal. They are supposed to carry numbers. And I found out later they do. But the numbers are painted on so close to the color of the body that you can't see them unless you're standing on top of them. Uh, so okay. to make a long story short, one of the agents, Mr. Sam Martino, came down to our house on a Saturday morning. That's how interested he was. He came down from the Boston to our home uh, okay. in Cheshire, and he left a note on the door because we weren't home. Well, sometime later, we did a, an article for Connecticut Magazine. And they took it upon themselves to locate witnesses. Well, they found him because after uh, he had left the note, when I called uh, Monday or Tuesday, he had been transferred. And nobody there could tell me where he went. Okay? Very strange coincidence. Yes. But anyway,
5: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, uh, they, they did, uh, Connecticut Magazine did locate him. And when I interviewed him, he said, "Oh, oh, I don't know." He says it must have been just uh, shadows or lighting, and they didn't realize uh, what the helicopters were. That was his answer <laughs> after being interested enough to drive all the way from Boston to Connecticut to our home to talk to us personally. So,
1: Unbelievable! For some, God, somebody got to oh, him. Oh,
3: you think? You think that yep. one's bad? Betty and I were on vacation in Florida, so we decided to go to Cape Kennedy and visit NASA. But, you know, it's, it's quite a facility, and, I mean, the technology is really great, interesting to look at. Well, we thought, while we were there, we thought, hey, why not see if we can get an interview with the administrator? So we went to the, the guard desk, and we told them that we were writing a book and we would like to interview the administrator, was there any chance at all that we could get to see him? Well, he made a call on his phone, and he told us that, yes, we could see him. He was willing to talk to us. And it's oh, great. Well, Betty and I are walking down. It's like a half a mile walk to where, <laughs> from where we were. Oh my
0: goodness.
3: We walk down. We get all the way down there, and we're met at the door by a secretary who's Visibly, a little bit nervous. Uh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. He's not here. Uh, he was here five minutes ago when we called from the guard uh-huh. desk. Apparently, uh, somebody must have recognized this or something, because he would not talk to us. And as big as these organizations are, it's just amazing that they won't they don't ever talk I called them one on one. I asked for an interview. I was turned down cold with no explanation, nothing. Sorry, and that was it. Now, why is it? I mean, the CIA. Come on, if they wanted to at least talk to them and you know try to snow us or something, we're interesting. But they would not even talk to us. So, this is what is going on. The same thing with uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base. I made phone calls, and I recorded them. I have recordings of when I I called the Pentagon, I said, look, this is one of the conversations we had. I said, you guys say that these things do not uh, adversely affect national security. Yet, when I ask for information, you tell me for security reasons, you can't give it to me. Both ways. You know what their answer was at the Pentagon? Nobody here will talk to you.
1: Uh, tax dollars at work. Well, yeah, I mean, they talk out of both sides of their face, and we've seen that over and over mm-hmm. again, and it's just so annoying. And I want to get into uh, with you tonight, Bob, some of the specific things that happened that were really over the line on the part of the government and how they harassed you uh, in your home and following sure. you in Florida and all of that kind of stuff. So let's take a very mm-hmm. short commercial break right now. And then we'll come back and we'll get into that. So, everybody, you are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We will be right back.
0: Pure essential oil, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian,
4: beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? you look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitlide, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences and mediumship whether it's career, relationships finances or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity and you'll probably find a little laughter along the way, visit me at corbymitleid.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly and tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading, Corby Mitleid The Practical Psychic for Catching Your Tomorrows Today. Find me at com. That's com. Your property tax
5: bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it? Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights, buy attorney pat Quintilian's book today are you getting screwed on your property taxes how to find out and how to fix it available on amazon.com
6: are you frustrated with endless mantras affirmations and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles Library of Consciousness alignments, go to CommandMiracles.com now for details. Again, that's CommandMiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's CommandMiracles.com. When they first be sent
2: there, the government.
1: Welcome back everyone to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with Patricia Kirkman, PK, and our incredible guest tonight. We're so blessed to have him with us. A wealth of information, an experiencer, an abductee. Bob Luca is here with us tonight. So Oh my gosh, Bob, you are just a great guest and we're so excited to have you here to continue this conversation. Uh there were some oh, thank you. really Oh, geez, it's our pleasure. There are some really big yes, things sure. that
0: happened
1: to you and Betty that were just so far over the line. Uh, let's talk about the time that they broke into your house and uh, sure. your dog was there with you and I, all of that that happened. It was so frightening.
3: Okay. Please tell us what happened. All right. I'll, first I'll give you the short version, then I'll go into detail. The uh, The government used several agencies to harass us. that uh, You had the military, the IRS, um, the FBI, probably, I'm pretty sure, the CIA because I was told something uh, about that. Um, and this went on from around 1979 right up until the 2000s, okay? It started. The first thing that we noticed, this was when the first book was just about to be released, um a lot of black helicopters were flying over our home. And sometimes they were low enough that they would rattle the windows. Now, a woman next door to us was a city or became later became a city councilwoman and she did sign a statement to the effect that she didn't have any idea why so many helicopters were over there and why they were flying so low. Now after, uh, I think we only stayed in that house about a year, year and a half, and we moved to from Meriden, Connecticut to Cheshire, Connecticut. Once we moved to Cheshire, Connecticut, uh, she verified that the flights stopped over the home in Meriden, which was good. However, they started over the home in Cheshire. Hmm. And these flights would be so low at times, not always, but at times, had I had a baseball, I could have hit them literally. Now I took approximately 200 photos of these helicopters at different different times, and uh, I wrote everybody I could think of—the military, FBI, uh, civilian helicopter manufacturers—and nobody could tell me whose helicopters these were. However, on one one point, uh, I mailed a photo. Um, Oh, gosh, I can't think of the helicopter manufacturer that makes Hueys. Sikorsky? And I got it. Pardon?
1: Was it Sikorsky?
3: No, it was the other one. Okay. Bell, Bell Helicopter.
1: Oh, Bell Helicopter. Okay.
3: Okay. Right, and I got a response from Mr. Dick Tipton. He was their public relations person, and I had sent that photograph and I have a letter from him to this day. I have the letter. He said, This helicopter was manufactured, but it did not leave here in that condition. He said, This helicopter had been modified by the military for psychological warfare.
0: Oh my now,
3: God. I still have the letter. You know, I, I like to speak from facts, you know, what I can prove. And that's one. So. Uh the other thing was I have Patricia you know I have a sense of humor
0: <laughs> <I> so <do>. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have we, money. Had, <laughs> yeah,
3: we had so many of these flights coming over so low and sometimes once or twice a week sometimes four or five times a week so I had a friend that thought like I did and he was in the military and he built me an exact replica of a surface to air missile and I thought, We'll have a little fun with this.
0: Uh-huh. So
4: the house
3: the house that we had at the time had a big uh cement apron behind the house, like a kinda of like a patio. And whenever these helicopters would approach, it almost always was from the north, sometimes from the west, but usually from the north. So Betty and I are working away one Saturday and we hear the you can't miss a Huey. The the sound of the blades are very distinctive. There's a whop 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 yes, whop they like are. that. So we went out back and I set up full size uh surface to air missile on the <laughs> north. Uh, helicopter helicopters <laughs> approaching from the south. And I know you can see be because I flew over the house a number of times. Well he cleared the roof. He could see down to the patio, and he saw that fake rocket. That helicopter <laughs> made a bank. He went literally sideways. I thought it was going to pull the blades off the thing. And I told Betty, I, says, I said, you know, that fellow's headed back where he come from. He's probably going to get a shower and a change of his underwear.
0: <laughs> it scared
3: him, and there was no doubt about it. Uh, (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I have nothing against the guys that fly those things because they're just doing their job. Right. Uh, but somebody, was yeah, somebody was ordering them to do that, to do, to do that harassment. So we just had to put up with that for, and it continued all the way. We moved to, um, Hayes, Virginia. They would show up when we were in Florida. Our, our niece and nephew down there said they knew when we were in the area because they see the helicopters. <laughs> so before we before we even got there. So the other interesting thing is, a Mister A Ramadan of, of Ramadan of the United Nations asked. He showed up at one of the conferences, asked Betty to write down her entire experience and send it to him, and even gave her, to her his work. And, uh, Oops, we're
1: losing you a little bit, Bob. Are you there?
2: I think we lost him.
1: I think, Bob. I think we may have lost sure. you, so you may need to call back in.
0: Call back in, you yeah. just
1: cut out completely. <laughs> So he will yep, he just dropped. So gosh, isn't this amazing? Our own government it's doing incredible. this to their very own people.
2: That's cause they can, honey. because they can. They can
1: It's gonna be interesting. I wanna see
2: what Trump is up to with with uh, what Bob was talking about because we've known that there's something else ongoing for a while. And yes. there's so many things that we don't understand, or people automatically want to say nay about it. But there's too many things happening right now that uh, have no other explanation.
1: Yes, and, and like Bob said, you know, he's pulled it all together and put it under one agency heading, and so it's, mm-hmm. it's just very interesting. And obviously, Bob has his facts uh, straight, and, and he's a wealth of information on all of oh, these issues. Oh, good God, issues. yes. Yes. And, I mean they've been through what a lot me and Betty have been through
2: over the years going through this. Yes. Having to play Dodge Car, shall we say. Because you don't know who's coming and what they're doing and to what degree they're
1: going to uh
2: disrupt their lives.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well it looks like Bob is back on with us, so let's turn on to a live mic here. Okay, Bob, you're back.
3: Somebody doesn't want me talking. <laughs> I can't. You,
2: you think? I think you want to again. I don't care. Keep talking, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be the to blab told it all.
3: <laughs> well, okay, so I thought that was kind of unusual that a representative from the United Nations uh, would come and ask Betty to put that everything down in detail. So now we're starting to get the idea between the helicopters and this interest that, I uh, know, that's a little strange. Well, in the 80- Back in 81, we were doing a lecture at MIT, and Dr. Alan Hynek, who anybody in the UFO phenomenon knows who he is, Mm -hmm. uh, he quick, during a break, ran over to Betty, and he said, look, he said, leave the military out of this and stick to philosophy. So apparently, uh, I guess we were starting to get on somebody's nerves. And I thought it was nice of Dr. Hynek to do this, because he was letting us know that uh, you know, this isn't <laughs> might not be good for you. Right. But also, I had a friend, uh, an acquaintance, they got pretty high up in government. And he stopped at the house one day, and to me in the house, he motioned me to come outside. And when we got outside, he told me, he says, you folks need to be careful. He said he had been at a CIA meeting, and he said, they are talking about you people. Oh my and God. he just said, "Be he he just said, be careful." And this is someone I absolutely uh, trust. He's gotten wh- quite high in government. So okay, that was another thing. Uh, CIA. Well, while we're living in that same home in Cheshire, one morning Betty and I got up, and we both had a wicked headache. It just felt lousy, and I remember the night before. We were probably around, I don't know, 12, 1 o'clock, we were in bed, and I I could have sworn I heard two men talking in our kitchen. Now, from the bedroom, the kitchen would have been straight down and then off to the right. So I looked at our dog. We had a big shepherd dog. He was about 100, 110-pound shepherd. He got up, and his front legs spread out right from under him, and he fell flat on his face on the floor. So I said, oh, this isn't good. So I reached in my nightstand where I had a 38, and I was going to go out and confront whoever was in the kitchen. Well, that's the last thing I remember. I mean, mm. that was it. Everything went black. Well, in the morning, we both felt lousy, had almost like a hangover. And Betty went to work. I went to my job. And when she came home, she said, gee, she's, my left arm has been hurting all day. And I said, that's funny. I said, my right arm has been hurting all day. So we took off our shirts, and Betty on her left arm, now she's right-handed, had about an inch and a quarter kind of black and blue and yellow mark with a puncture, a needle puncture in the middle of it. I had the exact same thing on my right arm, and I'm left-handed. So apparently they got in the house, and... I don't know if they questioned us under some drug or if they were looking for something that I had in my possession, and I may still have today. Um, I don't know, but that that was getting pretty bad. I mean, that's a, if that's not a violation of your rights, I I don't know what is. You know, and that's we were terrible, we were treated essentially, we we were treated essentially like mafia. And we're not. Mm -hmm. We're law-abiding citizens. Neither one of us had. The only record I have is many speeding tickets, but, I mean, that's what I used to do. (laughs) That's
1: a diaper. Right. Yeah. Well, this Um, is, I think, the most horrifying of all your experiences to have that type of a physical violation. How the hell did they know that you wouldn't have an allergic reaction to it and die? I mean, they they didn't. They 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 gassed you, most likely, and then injected you on top of the gas.
0: Right. How did right. that? They, they know and that the, wasn't
1: going to give you a lifelong health problem or end your life. They didn't. I find it horrifying. No, and
3: they they probably didn't care either. But here, the the a um, the thing is with that is, is, had they just come in and asked us for something, we would have told them. You know. Yes, <laughs> you've
1: offered to do that Simple so many that. times. So many times you made that offer. <laughs>
3: Well, it wasn't only the CIA, because uh, later on, um, Betty and I, as you know, don't like cold weather. She
0: sure does. So don't. one morning, we,
3: <laughs> we, we, we got up about 1 a.m., and I had a pickup truck and a car, so I took the pickup truck over to a friend's house who was storing my camp trailer for me. About 2 a.m., we were off and on our way to Florida and didn't tell any anybody. Well, that was on a Saturday, or probably early Sunday morning. And Tuesday, uh, two FBI agents with photo ID show up at my work, and they question my coworkers and my supervisors as to where I am. Well, they didn't know because I, you know, I didn't make it my business to tell people where I was going because just for that reason. When we got back. They uh, they told me what happened. So Betty and I went to New Haven, to the federal building. We went to the FBI office. And I never said to the man that this had anything to do with the UFO phenomena. I said when I went in that the folks that I work with said, you were in my place of employment looking for me, so we have come to see what it is you want. Well, the first thing I was told we can neither confirm nor deny that we were at your place of employment. Yeah, standard FBI answer. Okay? Right. But the interesting the interesting thing is I still did not tell him this had anything to do with UFOs. And I said, well, look, while we're here, I said, why are you guys tapping our telephone? And he just looked at me. He said, well, he said, we usually get blamed. He said, but in your case, it's not us. It's Air Force Intelligence. Actually, he told me right out. But when I talked to Air Force Intelligence, they said, oh, no, we'd need a court order for that. It must be the FBI. So (laughs) you can see that it's a little bit difficult to get really accurate information (laughs) from those people.
1: Yeah, it is. It's very difficult. But you are the only person I've ever met in this entire field that actually caught them with their pants down, and they admitted it. Tell us about the Department
3: oh, yeah. of Defense. Okay, this is interesting. My computer was being hacked, more off and on. Let's say, so I started tracing the numbers, and I said, you know, something, something is not right here. I'm not. Nobody should be that interesting in my computer because I don't have anything in there. I don't keep the good stuff, so to speak, in the computer. Just mm-hmm. that reason. So I start checking the numbers, and I get this one. Uh, it comes back. It said that the hacker was at 7990 Science Applications Court, Vienna, Virginia. And it gives me the computer number, the name of the person, the operator, the network is of the Department of Defense, and this one says... The Space and Naval Warfare Systems Division. Now, what would they want in a computer of two average people, like Betty and I? Right. Yes. Well, if that wasn't bad enough, 48 hours later, the Army hacked my computer. And I caught them (laughs) as well. And it was from the same exact address. Okay? Oh, my God. So, now, this is getting irritating. So I write them. I wrote the um, Inspector General. I couldn't think of the name there for a minute. Mine's getting a little <laughs> slow at my age. So I wrote the Inspector General and I asked, I said, normally, I said, I wouldn't bother with this. I said, but two hacks in 48 hours? I says, why is my computer being attacked? And I got a letter back from the Department of Defense on their letterhead stating that they had checked into it. And yes, In fact, it was their computers. And they said, and I have this in writing, that they would do an investigation. Well, I'm still waiting for that investigation. (laughs) It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Okay. So then this is all right. (laughs) Well, you know, no sense of humor, these fellas. So then (laughs) I started on the FBI. Uh, I told the FBI... First, I went to the Attorney General, the United States Attorney General. said, my computer is being hacked. Whose jurisdiction does this fall under and so forth? And they said, it comes under the jurisdiction, of the FBI. So I write the FBI, and I complain and tell them that I would like an investigation done. Six months later, I still hadn't heard from them. So I got to be a real pain in the butt. I started filing Freedom of Information, all kinds of things on them. And it got to the point where I sent them certified mail with a return receipt. They wouldn't even pick it up. That's wow. how irritated they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were. So then I went to, F- I went to FBI headquarters, um, which is here in Virginia. And they wrote me back a letter. And I, I have the letter in my hand, and here's what it says. Records, which may have been responsive to your requests, were destroyed on February eighth 2010 and then below it says, "This response neither confirms nor denies the existence of your subject's name on any watch list <laughs> well that's b s because I know that you know when oh, we were followed
0: yes.
3: uh we were also that was another uh thing we were followed pretty much wherever we went and being yeah. that when I was a, when I was a youngster I built hot rods and you know street raced that was that mm-hmm. was my thing that's what I did well some of the cars that were following us I managed to get behind and get the license plates and I gave them to uh police officer Larry Fawcett uh who you you know Patricia do you right. know mm-hmm. and he ran them through the police computers and lo and behold, they weren't issued to anybody. Now this happened in Connecticut, and then in Florida, and it happened more than once. In Florida, Betty and I were camping on uh, Lake Worth on Lake Worth Road in the Lake Worth campground. I guess we got enough Lake Worth in there. Okay, <laughs> we went to the we went to the laundromat early in the morning to do our laundry. Nobody was in there except the the attendant, and then Betty and I. So we're doing the laundry, and this big Buick pulls in, pulls in kind of fast. Guy gets out of the car, jumps out with a camera, Bing, 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 takes about three or four pictures, gets back in the car and takes off. And Betty asks the attendant, says, "Is this place for rent or sale or something? That why are they taking pictures?" And the woman said, "I don't know." Well. I had run out, and I got the license plate before the guy got out of the yard. And, again, I gave it to Larry Fawcett. And, again, guess what? Unissued. Un- un- Plates didn't belong to anybody. So, now, this this is years into into this going on. Then, in uh, 2000, remember, this started 1979. In 2000, Betty and I purchased a condo in... West Palm Beach, Florida, and, uh, you know, we like warm weather, so that seemed like a good move.
0: Right.
3: When we got there, there is a guard gate, and you have to show ID at this guard gate to get in. Well, we came in, and a silver car came in right behind us pretty quickly. So I said, I don't believe it. I think we're being followed even down here. So I went zipping around. The roads are kind of complex in there. I mean, there's like 15,000 people in this area if, mm-hmm. when it's full to capacity. So I went zigzagging all around and finally came up opposite the car, and the window was open, and this is exactly what Betty and I heard. She said, they're here now. They're here now. It was a woman. So, <laughs> you know, why? Why? Even bother, I mean we're yes, not exactly. by this time we had we had stopped lecturing, we weren't bothering anybody, and they were it was just harassment, but there were some advantages, Patricia, I must say this for a number of years we sold we sold our house and purchased a a thirty foot uh camp trailer and this to me, this was a great life because I worked in Connecticut in the summer months. And then in the winter, we'd hook up the trailer and we'd go to Florida. And I'd work there in the winter. I had agreements with both places. So this was a great lifestyle. But the advantage was whenever we got to either Florida or Connecticut, I had my phone hooked up instantly. I mean, immediately, even on Sunday.
5: It
1: was <laughs> one
3: case. we not that in. funny? Betty Betty and I pulled in, uh, This was we came back to Connecticut, and it was late in the day, in the afternoon, so I'm kind of a techie guy, so I just hooked up the phone myself to one of the outlets that was there. Well, the next day, which was Sunday morning, there's a guy from the phone company there, and he says, I have to straighten this out. I says, why, what's wrong? He says, well, you could be calling all over the country, and we wouldn't be able to charge you. And my, my thought there was, damn it, I wish I knew that when I hooked it up. <laughs> right.
0: Right. But, oh, my uh, God. And
3: we, we were, uh, th- there's times, even when we went out of state, where we'd be followed by uh, either state police, sometimes local police, but usually state, and they'd be behind the car for quite a while, and you could see them looking. Apparently they were checking our license plate because in one time in Tennessee, uh, my car broke down. We pulled over by the side of the road, and we weren't there three minutes tops, and a state trooper pulled up. He said, What's the problem? I said, oh, I've got a car problem. So he arranged for us to be towed to a place to get it fixed. But it just seemed strange to me that he stood up so darn fast. I mean, yeah. we never, ever were short of uh, assistance from police or anything like that. Now, some of the other things, the more subtle hints. Um, when we were in the campground in Florida, uh, Betty was working in Middletown, and she went her way in the morning and went my way. Well, she'd come out one morning and she'd come out all excited, and she said, "Look at this!" In the back of her car, we didn't lock doors there in the campground. In the back of her car was a gallon, like kind of like a big pickle jug, and it was dead. Dead rotting meat in each other. Hmm. So that's disgusting. You know, I, I you know I might be a little slow, but I kind of took that as a hint. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe somebody was maybe somebody <laughs> was trying to tell us something. Uh, but another interesting thing when we moved out of the home in Cheshire, I forgot to mention this before. We found a tree stand. There's a large tree in our driveway about. 40 feet from the house, and it was a uh, somebody put a tree stand in there. Now, why that's unusual, we didn't have any kids in the neighborhood, so I don't know if somebody was watching us from there or not. Um, I'm going to back up. It's quite a little likely bit now.
1: because yeah, it's not like it was a hunting chair or something. You weren't out in the middle of the forest, you were in a suburb. So
5: <laughs>
0: exactly why
1: why else would they do it except to have a place to watch you or mount a camera, microphones, whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it gave yep.
3: them advantage of it? Sure. Yeah. Well what was in what was interesting, the the surveillance in the eighties, you know, was, was pretty heavy, but Around 1982, the end of 81, beginning of 82, Larry Warren called me at my job. He saw an article on us in the Hartford Current that we had been lecturing at MIT on the UFO phenomenon. So he decided to call me at work. And I didn't know Larry Warren from Adam. But he told me at my job. He said, "Look, he says, I just i got out of the military. I was in the Air Force. I said I had a UFO experience while on active duty in the Air Force, and I'd like to tell somebody about it." So I thought, well, you know, we've been pranked before several times by people pulling and stuff like that. But I said, "Okay." I made uh, an agreement with him to come to our house at a certain time. I said, "Well, maybe it's worth listening to. Maybe not. Who knows?" But anyways, he showed up, and we spent hours with Larry. Um, I recorded him. He drew us drawings of what he saw. Turns out Larry was a witness to the landing at Bentwaters Air Force Base, outside of Bentwaters Air Force Base in England. And for his trouble, he was in Southington. He was severely beaten uh, sometime later. Uh, actually uh, opened his skull up with a pipe. Uh, So this was, you know, not good. But anyway, he was the one that actually broke that open. And today, a number of uh, men that were on duty with him have come forward and verified this. And I think there's a movie about it. There's been a number of TV shows about it. And once that happened, once Larry came to see us, Lo and behold, the, the uh, surveillance on us even increased. And we couldn't go anywhere. They were parked down the street. One day we came out and left the house. I didn't get a block. And this car pulls up from the out from the curb and follows us. So I went into a churchyard. There was a sign there that says, uh, no exit. But I knew there was an exit up top. So I drove up there, and a the guy parked right at the entrance to the road that I went into the churchyard with. Well, Betty and I came around the block and we're facing, we ended up facing the guy. And this was great fun because he was obviously shook up. He just took off boom, down the street and we were laughing, but if we thought it was so funny, neither one of us get the guy's license plate. But I'm sure it was one of those that had been uh, tailing us or keeping an eye on us at that time. Even at home, we did um well, we did some radio shows like this at home back at that time, and just before one show was starting, a black Cadillac pulled up on the same side of the street as our house, and he parked right at the end of the driveway and then a white van pulled up on the other side of the street and parked directly across from our house. Now, why this is interesting. Neither, nobody exited vehicles and they sat there for the whole duration of the show we did, which I believe was an hour show. Well, during a break intermission, I went out and I tried to get fairly close to that Cadillac, but the, the windows were black. And I couldn't, it was dark, it was nighttime, I couldn't get a license plate, and I was not going to go up and rap on a window because I thought that might be hazardous to my health at the time.
0: (laughs) Just a little bit. Yeah,
3: but once, interestingly enough, they had to be listening in because once the show started winding down, three minutes from the end of the show, they both took off. The interesting thing here is their lights were off i could oh. not see any license plates and one one was on the wrong side of the road because they were both headed the same way in front of our house so oh my goodness you know but sometimes there were some there were some funny moments um <laughs> in
1: yes i mean again with your good sense of humor and your good attitude you were able to keep a,
3: a oh, strong yeah. you, sense you, of
1: reality and you he, didn't let them you know scare you off what?
3: Oh no no we had fun with them. If if you I think you know you know the place in New Hampshire the campground that I'm talking about.
1: Yes, where I Betty do. and I used
3: to. Oh okay. Well, one day we came from Connecticut up to New Hampshire to Camp Brown, and we had a uh, we were tenting at the time. We got a beautiful site right next to the water, which was quite cold, coming down the mountain stream. So I put all our, you know, soda and whatnot in there in the stream, and we tented right next to the, the stream, we put up our tent, and we had that, the big German Shepherd. So I drove a big stake in the ground, and we chained him to that right in front of the tent door. Mm-hmm. Well, we're there maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops, and this black SUV comes in. And he parks at the site directly opposite us. Now, first off, it's a black SUV. Second off, there's just one guy. Third, he finally gets out. It's getting just getting not really dark like twilight. And the guy gets out with a tent, and he can't put it up. He can't assemble it. (laughs) And he's swearing a blue streak.
4: And you know, we can hear him.
3: Betty and I are in the tent laughing. I think this was our tale. But anyways, he's swearing up a blue streak out there. Finally he throws you can hear the metal bars clanking on the ground when he threw everything down and he went and he slept he slept in the SUV. So that was another little bit of uh entertainment for us.
1: Now you also uh, came across love- men
3: in black, right? That was interesting in the uh, campground in again, Lakewood, that was one of my favorite campgrounds, by the way, and unfortunately it's it's no longer there because the property got so valuable, I guess they they sold it out. But one uh, occasion, Betty and I were headed from Connecticut to Pompano Beach, where Betty's sister lived. Uh, we were going to visit for a while, and normally, I would make that trip in nonstop. And it was a long ride, but I like driving, so not a problem. But this time, we hit construction, we hit accidents, and then we were hours and hours on the road. So we got as far as Lake Worth, and I told Betty, look, I'm dead tired. I'm going to pull in here. We'll get a get a lot in the campground. And we had a car that was a hatchback, and it had seats that folded down, so you could be reasonably comfortable in it.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
3: went in. And while I was getting the lot, and this was interesting, two people were talking about a UFO sighting there the night before. Wow. I thought, oh, well, wow. that's interesting. But I was dead tired, and I, did, I was not going to get involved in the conversation. So I got our, our lot. Down there, the way the lots are laid out, the roads run east and west, and the lots run uh, north and south. So the compass in the car is reading dead north. Okay, okay we parked the car. We're sitting there talking, unwinding a little bit, and this thing, the size of a grapefruit, comes through the door on the driver's side, and it looks like a disco ball. It's all oh different colors, and it's like like reflecting or sparkling. It goes through the car and out the other side. And Betty and I looked at each other and said, did you see that? Yeah, we both saw it. Okay, that's weird. Well, finally we got a little wound down, put the seats down, made ourselves as comfortable as we could. We figured we'll get up in the morning, take a shower and start fresh and head off for her sisters. Well I don't know, twelve, one o'clock, it was late. Uh I had to use the restroom. Well we were I don't know, maybe twenty yards, thirty yards from the restroom. But before just before that, what woke me up, I heard a car come in and park. And I looked, and this car parked behind us at a 90-degree angle to us, and it was a black Cadillac. So I thought, well, probably guys or somebody's trying to beat the campground out of their out of their fee, you know, and didn't mm-hmm. think anything more of it. I went to the restroom, and I'm coming back, and I, as I approached the rear of this Cadillac, I noticed it's got yellow pla- New York plates, which I was familiar with because Connecticut, you know, we see a lot of New York plates. Right. As I'm as I'm walking past the car this is where it gets weird all four doors opened exactly at the same time as if it was one door opening
1: and these oh, wow. four
3: guys get out and they're they're very skinny they're asian looking they have on a black each one has a black suit black shoes black tie a black hat with a brim, and a white shirt. And they're looking at me. I'm all for them. are just looking at me. So once I took a look at them, I really didn't feel anything as far as fear or anything like that because these guys look like a good wind would have taken them away. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: So I walk by, and I'm staring at them, and I get past the front of the car, and they do uh, almost like kids do with musical chairs, they rotate around the car. they get back in, and they shut all the doors again, exactly like one door. I heard one noise, all four doors shut at exactly the same time that is so i 'm thinking oh. yeah, that 's what I thought. I said, boy, these guys are a little weird they but here's weird. the that thing was... We got up When <laughs> we got up in the morning, Patricia, the compass, which was pointing north was now pointing almost due east. That should have oh, happened.
1: Yeah, that's another the, weird thing. Unfortunately, Bob, we're running out of time and I this has been just a wonderful, wonderful evening with you. I know Pete well, has so much enjoy this.
3: I I enjoy talking with you guys all the time because oh. you, you want to bring to people what's going on, what's happening, get truth out and I think that's great.
1: But well, we have to and you are you're fabulous. all of this Absolutely fabulous. Now, again, I want to I mention the name right of the book The Andreas big... and Oh, yeah. And The Lifting of the Veil are both available on Amazon.com. They are highly recommended books by both PK and myself. Excellent books, very well written. <laughs> And, Bob, we're just going to have to have you back so we can continue this conversation because it was so incredible. Thank okay. you so and much.
3: Anytime. Okay. Well, Thank you both. I certainly appreciate it. Okay.
0: You have a great well, we evening, Bob.
1: Yeah, you, you okay. too. And Bob. i I hate to okay. end the show. Bye-bye it's now. so fabulous. Thank you. So you next did. week, everybody, okay. we'll be back again with another great show. We're going to do some ghost hunting. Be sure to join us. Until then on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone.
0: Good night. Good night, now. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural